0: Take your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Most of the times I bring messages from where I'm reading through the week or studying. And uh, this is kind of how it took place this week. The Lord speaks to my heart, and I bring a message, and hopefully that he'll be able to speak to your heart as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. The Bible says in verse 1, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor, which he taketh under the sun? One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. All things are full of labor. Man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with with hearing. We're going to focus on verse 9 here today. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done, it is that which shall be done. And there is new, there is no new thing under the sun. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the honor to be here today. Thank you, Lord, for the good crowd that we have being able to Father to come here and gather into a warm dry place and thank you for that i thank you father for the kids that are here thank you lord for all those uh that father that participated in the trivia and lord that's come to the the end of this part lord and they received a reward for that and i pray lord that you bless them and they would continue to uh study the word of god and lord i pray you bless brother jerry father for being faithful and and uh, helping and getting that started lord and encouraging the young ones father to be in scripture Lord, we pray for the needs that we have here many needs today think of of pat and his, his mother father we pray for her uh father for her her needs there lord that you know what it is we pray for the buckinghams lord and and, and father those who are traveling miss aaron father we think she's she's flying right now and going to be landing we pray for safety there lord we pray for the safety of those who will be traveling in brother joel and his family Lord, that you give them safety and a good trip. And, Lord, we pray that the gospel would be uh, preached and would be received, Father, at this funeral. And, Lord, that the family would receive the peace that comes only from you, Lord. Now, Lord, as we look into your word, I pray, Father, that you just speak to our hearts. Lord, I have nothing to offer anybody. I'm just a a man, Lord, in, in many faults, with many faults. But, Lord, I pray that the message of God would go forth today, the word of God, Lord, and it would be able to, to encourage those, Father, who need encouraging, Lord, but also to, to stir up those who need some stirring up, Father. And I pray, Lord, that I'd be the vessel that you'd use to do that today. Lord, I love you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's many questions and there's many talk, things people talking today about a standard. And if you look at it, to look at the world, you would think there's really not any standard left, is there? Because you say, well, how can you judge this according to that? And there's really no standard. But I'm going to look today, and and if I was going to title this message, it would be choosing a standard. Choosing a standard. What are your values? What are your values? Values are our core beliefs that shape everything we do in this life. That's our values. The world says it really doesn't matter what you believe. There are no absolutes. But well, that's not true. And We know that's not true. It does matter what you believe. And there is absolute truth that we can know. And our beliefs determine our behavior, and our behavior determines what we believe. Amen? And so the kind of person we are is based on the things that we've chosen to value. In other words, our convictions in life determine our conduct, and our conduct determines our character and our life. And so a Christian has some standards that we, we base our life on these standards, our values. And where do we get those values? But no other place but the Word of God. It doesn't come from the preacher. If you're you're doing certain things and you're following certain uh, a, a beliefs in your life because a preacher has said that, you're going to fail miserably because you're following a man. Please, nobody can ever understand. Please understand this. Don't ever sit underneath my preacher and And say that I'm following him because this is what he said and I'm going to do it because he said that. And if it's the word of God and I'm preaching it, yes, you can base it on it. But you cannot follow what a man says because a man will let you down every single time. Amen. A man will let you down. If we want to build a life of success and significance, we must build it on lasting values. Look back in Joshua chapter 1. In Joshua chapter 1. And it's a very familiar verse in verse 8. The Bible says, "This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein: for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success." How do we have success in our life? Our success as a Christian comes from the word of God. It doesn't Listen, I I believe in being part of the good Bible-preaching church, and I believe that's essential. You have to be part of a church that's commanded in the Word of God. And one of the ways you can determine if it is a good church is if it's a church that preaches the Word of God and not man's philosophies. We need to make sure of that. Amen? I think all of us can agree that we're in a decline when it comes to values in the day and age that we live in. What is the cause of all this? Well, the fact is, we no longer value the truth in our country. We no, no longer value truth. Instead, we value convenience. Well, it's easy and we value pragmatism. Well, does it work? As long as it works, it's okay. You know, if it works for you, how many churches today are churches of convenience? Churches of convenience. And I'll be totally honest with you, a lot of times, church is not convenient. A lot of things, a lot of times, I, I talk to the boys. This week, I said, it's busy. Things are busy. But I said, never, ever, ever let things get in the way of spending time with the Lord, with praying and reading your Bible. Amen. And if it takes getting up earlier or staying up later, you've got to have that time to spend with the Lord. He has to speak to you. And I, I, I'll tell you this right now. I tell my kids because I said me, Andrew Nisley. I said, if I don't spend time in the word of God and I don't spend time praying, I could be that one that's going astray. I could be that one and Paul said, lest I become a castaway. We've got to be careful. We've got to know what our values are in life. If it works in my life and if it's easy, I don't care if it's true or not. That's good enough for me. That's the philosophy of the world today. And you know what the sad part about it is? That it's crept into our churches. It's crept into our lives, hasn't it? And if every one of us today, if we would be honest with ourselves, we'd have to say we have a little bit of that in our life. As long as it works out for me, that's all that really matters. We have an entire generation of people who don't even know the difference between right and wrong. There are parts of our society that say there's no such thing as right and wrong. They may be right for you, and it may be wrong for me. What What may be right for me may be wrong for you. So it doesn't matter. You cannot judge me. There's no standards by which you can evaluate your life and your behavior but that's just not true. And I don't care what the world says, it's still not true. There is a standard that we can have in our life. So what is the cause of this? I wanna look at the cause of this first of all. What is the cause? We have embraced three destructive philosophies that have replaced truth in our society today. Now, when I say this in our society, we understand that the world is going to be sinful. The world is going to glorify sin. The world is going to say things are okay. It might not be right for me, but it's, it's okay for you because that's your life. And But we got to be careful that we don't start adopting the things of the world. Because you see, as Dan said this morning, it's the church stronger. Is the church is stronger today than they were You know, years ago. Absolutely not. Why? Because the world has become more wicked and the churches have become more loose and more liberal, allowing things into our churches that should not be. We need to be careful of that. The First thing we see is individuality or individualism. I live for myself. Only I can be the standard of my life. What is right for me? Only I can judge what's really true. Only I can judge what's right and wrong (coughs) in my life, and no one has the right to tell me what's right or wrong or what's true for me in my life. Basically, we're setting ourselves up as being our own God. I live for myself, and I've got to do what's best for me. The philosophy of the world is, is always follow your heart. You can do whatever you want to do as long as you set your mind to it. And that goes completely contrary to the word of God. I teach our kids. I say, listen, I always ask them from time to time, what are you going to be when you grow up? And you know what? They turn around and they'll tell me and they'll ask me, what are you going to be when you grow up? I say, well, I'll probably be a pastor. You know, I'll probably just, you know, when I grow up, I'll probably just keep preaching. I don't, I don't know. I probably a good chance of it by now. I love it when they ask, ask mommy, what's she going to do when she grows up? She says, oh, I'll probably just be a mom, you know, and then probably be a grandma someday. And, you know, this is kind of how it goes. And I make sure I say this. I talking to a young fellow we had this week, and he had he had just went in. He went through boot camp last year, and so I had a chance. It was just me and him in the truck, and I had a chance to talk to him. So I started asking him some questions. Turns out his he comes his dad and, and mom are, are are divorced now, but he comes from a Seventh Day Adventist family, very strict. And I got to talking to him, and I, I had some time there, and and it's all about well. I just I want to live a life a little bit for myself. I've been under so many rules in my life. I want to do what what's right for me for a while. That's the world's philosophy. and should not be the church's. You know what that's, that reminds me of? Look back in Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. Just a few pages ahead in Isaiah chapter 14. reminds me of something here in Isaiah chapter 14 look verse verse 12 how art thou fallen from heaven O Lucifer son of the morning how art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations for thou hast said in thine heart I will ascend into the heaven I will exalt my throne above the stars of God I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north I will ascend above the heights of of the clouds, I will be like the most high. You know what we find here? Too many personal pronouns. Do you know you're sounding like? When you say, I can do this. I will do this. I deserve that. You're sounding like your father. Amen? And the Lord says, you are your father, the devil. Amen. We need to sound like our father in heaven. If you're saved, your father's in heaven. If you're lost, your father is the devil. Ecclesiastes 1 9, the thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Aren't you glad that was not our memory verse? Amen. That's a little difficult one there. So we find individuality or individualism. It is it's going on for centuries. We find back in the book of Judges, chapter 21 and verse 25, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. There are no judges, if there's no standards, if there's no rule, no law, no absolutes, people will do whatever they want. And what have we done for the last 50 to 60 years? We've done our best in North America to prove that there is no absolutes. It's just by chance this has all happened. By chance, well, I'm sorry, but the other day I was out there and I stepped off. Brother really, Allison knows where I'm at. A little, a bait, one of the baits there, and there's a little brook that runs down through there. And I stepped when I had my boots on. I stepped right in the middle of that brook and just looked up that brook for a minute. And I thought, man, thank you, Lord, for 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 a lot of things, but allowing me to be here and to enjoy Your creation right now at this time. And I felt like it was just put there just for me. And I kind of think it maybe it was. Amen. I kind of think maybe he created that spot just for me. To think that it just happened by chance, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't believe that. That's an easy philosophy to hold on to because it means I've I've never I'll never feel guilty about what's what takes place in my life. You know, the world says it's okay. You know what? I, I appreciate Brother Jerry, but you know what Brother Jerry was doing? He was encouraging these kids to be studying the Bible. And they did. I got a call last night. I'm sure as others had yesterday or last night or this week sometime, just reminding, Brother Jerry wasn't here Wednesday night. I wasn't here, he said, to, to get some answers, but just reminding them to get their answers in. Being fair, being fair about it. But you know what have happened? If, if one of them would have said, you know what, I'm, just, I'm not going to do it this time. It would have been fair. To say, I'm sorry, you didn't complete it. You didn't complete that challenge, you don't get a reward. Because it would not have been fair to the other ones who, who worked hard to do it. But everybody gets rewarded. And that's the world's philosophy. That's the world's philosophy. There's no consequences for my actions in my life. The second philosophy is that we've, we bought into is called secular, secularism. Secularism. Man, I had a hard time saying it. that's right. We find up in, 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 in Quebec they have the secur- secularism bill. Amen. Something like that. I am tongue tied here this morning. It can be summarized in three words God is unnecessary. You know, it doesn't mean that I don't believe there's a God. I believe there's a God. I don't need him in my life. For years we have. Watched as our country has been systematically removing God from every area of public life. And it seems like the last 10 years, it's accelerated, hasn't it? It's accelerated to the point where it's just like, when will they stop? They're not going to stop. But here's the thing. I know in my family where we stand. I know in our church where we stand. And we shouldn't. Change things and 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 water down our standard that we have just because the world is changing. Amen. The world is going in the way that God says they will go. They're on their way to hell, but we don't need to act and live like we, that's where we're going because we have we're going to heaven. Amen. Now we have basically re, you know said well we can we can have God and it's okay to have God on Sundays and even that is kind of. Being washed away anymore, even among Christians, secular, secularism is taking hold of our lives. We believe in God, but he's just part of our life. We really don't think he's necessary to the rest of our life. Now he's that part where, you know in the evenings or in the mornings early, or you know, um, at meal times, quickly we, we bow our heads for, to, be, to say thanks. But he's he's just a part of our life. He's not really our life. And we've allowed that philosophy to creep into our our lives. You know, we believe in God, but he's he's just just part of our life. We become so busy with secular side with the secular side of our life. We are convinced that God isn't necessary. We are all we're actually able to go on without him. We're able to live our life and and be able to fi- fulfill the desires of our life and meet the needs of our life without God. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What's it say in, in Matthew chapter 6 where it says, it was a verse 30 or 32 where it says, take no thought what you shall eat or what you shall wear. You know, he's, but he says in verse thirty-three, "But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you." God has been removed from the mainstream in our lives. Second Timothy chapter three verse five says, "Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof." From such, turn away. And I could say this: from such, turn off. <laughs> You can't sit there at night, try to live a godly life, and watch that stuff being pumped into your living room and not think that's going to affect you. Are you crazy? Romans 1.25 says, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator, who was blessed forever. Amen. If that's not where we are today, I, I, I don't know what to say. We begin to worship things instead of God, who created everything. That's that's why there will be no more people. There, there's there's that's why today there will be more people at the cottage, or there's more people going on, you know, going away to the lakes and and things, and there will be in church. Why? Because, well, they'd rather serve their god. You know, we hear about people in the, the jungles and places where they carve their gods out of wood and out of a rock, or or they they mold one out of Of metal, we think how sad it is. But yet our gods are our jobs. Our gods are our paychecks, our vehicles, our toys, our meals. That's what we kind of worship, isn't it? That's what we kind of put before God, isn't it? You know do good for a Christian to stop and take stock of his life to reevaluate. Your life and see where you're at, and what you put first in your life. What is what's your what is uh, what what are your priorities in in life? And we also see another philosophy is relativism. We can summarize relative, relativism in two words: no absolutes. No absolutes. The I- idea behind this goes like, well, nobody can say that what's right or wrong, because all truth is relative. All truth is relative. You know, it comes up in a lot of familiar phrases, doesn't it? We hear it all the time. It doesn't matter what you do as long as you're sincere. And it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincere in your belief. How scary is that? As long as you're sincere. I mean, how many people have I witnessed to... This past week, I witnessed to a man who said, well, really, as long as you're just sincere, and you try to do the best that you can, I figure that you'll be okay. I'm thinking, that's wrong. Sincere. That's so wrong. It takes about 30 seconds to prove somebody wrong when they say it doesn't matter as long as you're sincere. When people tell you the truth, they're not just judging you, they're being kind and Can I say that very few people will be honest enough to tell you the truth today? Well, we don't want to hurt your feelings. I mean, you might not agree with what I'm saying. But if it's truth, it doesn't matter. Truth doesn't change. Truth remains the same. Our daily lives are filled with absolute truth. We have the natural laws such as gravity. That's absolute. You know, if if I just fell over here right now, guess what would happen? I'd fall on the floor. If I pick both feet up, I'd I'd fall down. Gravity. You're not going to defy gravity. It's going to pull you back down. There's the civic laws. There's they're absolute. You run a stop sign out here? And there's a cop sitting there. Guess what's going to happen? He's going to stop you and you're going to say, "Why? Why do I need to stop?" That's, that's okay for you, but that's not good for me. <laughs> that, that doesn't work for me. I, my brakes aren't real good. So so I just kind of breeze on through them. Well, he's going to say, no, here you go, buddy. And you can pay this and then, then you can go on. There are some absolutes. And there cannot be any law unless there are some absolute things that are right and wrong. Where do people come up with such ideas as individualism or secularism and, you know, or, or relativism? Where do they come up with these things? Well, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 and 19, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. The Bible says that their minds are empty and their understanding is darkened. Their minds are empty and their understandings are darkened. They are alienated from the life of God because of ignorance. Because of ignorance. Their hearts are blinded to the truth. Their hearts are blinded to the truth. Just a couple more. What's what is the cost? Well, what's the cost we see in our culture today? Our culture is collapsing. With no God, there's no truth. And as a result, we have a collapsing culture. It's collapsing. Well, there's no absolutes. How do we expect to judge somebody and send somebody to prison because they broke the law when we tell them, really, there's no absolutes? What hypocrisy. I mean, look at the hypocrisy of that. Just, it's, it's unbelievable. That's the cost. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, where there is no vision. The people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Happy is he. What we are witnessing today is the collapse of our culture, and it's a direct result of ignorance towards God. In the beginning, God created. That's the beginning. In the beginning, God. God is there. God always has been there. God always will be there. God is the verse is literally saying that without the declaration of the truth of God's word, the people will perish. If there's no God, then there's no standard of truth. Then, if there's no standard for truth, then anything goes. Anything goes. But there is a standard. God's word, the Bible, it tells the truth. It is the truth because it came from the Lord. Amen. It's the truth. If, if someone says something contrary to this, well... They're contrary to the word of God. Guess who's wrong? They are. That's right, man. Isaiah chapter five verse twenty says, "Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for, for, bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter." And Psalm eleven verse three it says, "If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do?" We have the we have a standard. We have absolute truth. And the word of God, why do we hold to it? Why do we, we earnestly contend for the faith? Why do we say that we have a Bible? We don't need to correct it. We don't need Ben getting up there and saying, I am smarter than God. Because I can actually tell you what God was trying to say. That God can't actually tell us what he wanted us to say. So he's got to use man to tell us today because he couldn't preserve his word. How foolish is that? So what's the cure? Well, we need to rebuild the foundation of our life. Rebuild the foundation of life. What makes something wrong? Not because we say it's wrong, but because it's anti-God. That's when it's wrong. God is honest. So when you're dishonest, you are against God. God is faithful. And so when you're unfaithful, you are wrong. God is just. And when when we are not fair, it is wrong. When we are different from the character of the creator who made us, it's wrong. When we're like the character of the creator who made us, then we know we're right. In Psalms chapter, or I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. In 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's our standard, the word of God. Why is it important to memorize it? Why is it important to read? Because it's our standard. You don't have to Google, should a Christian do this or should a Christian do that? You don't have to Google it, Christian. You can go to the Word of God and the Word of God will explain to you. The Holy Spirit of God will guide you into all truth and tell you you shouldn't go certain places. You shouldn't do certain things. How do we know when something is truth or or when it's just an opinion? Well, truth is universal truth is universal. If it's true, it applies to everyone, everywhere, around the world, and in every culture. I argued with a lady for for a long time who said, well, yeah, but that part of the world, their religion says this, and that's how they go to heaven, by their religion. If you're going to heaven because of religion, you're not going to make it. Jesus Christ is the only way for salvation and i don't care if you're living in the arctic of canada or in montreal or the deepest part of jungles in africa the only way for you to ever go to the father in heaven is through jesus christ Amen. that is the only way you know they always they always get these so called preachers on the radio and they ask them the question is Jesus Christ, really the only way. So you're telling me if you, if you don't accept Jesus and, you know, we hear them all wishy-washy. Every one of them, name one of them. They're all right there. Well, you know, Jesus is something else to somebody else. No, there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. What is that name? Jesus. That is the only way for salvation. Truth is universal. Truth is unchanging. It's always the same. It doesn't change. It isn't impressed by fads or fashions. It is unchanging. That's the truth. Adultery was wrong 4,000 years ago. It was wrong 2,000 years ago, and it's still wrong today. Truth is unchanging and truth is universal. And I say this, facts change. Facts change. We say that's a fact, but facts change. But truth doesn't. For instance, years ago, science used to tell us that the smallest particle of life is the atom. That's the smallest particle of life. The fact is, since then, we've discovered five layers beneath that. That was true then. That was fact. That's what it was. But now... We understand a little bit more, don't we? What can I say? Back then, John fourteen six was true. Today, John fourteen six is true. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's truth. When something changed, it was a fact, but with more discoveries, we learned that it wasn't really real. It wasn't correct. That's the benefit of building my life on absolute, universal, unchanging truth. Psalms 119, verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When that was penned down, when God used the the sweet psalmist of Israel to pin that down, guess what? It was truth then. And I said it just here now today, it is still just as true today. The word of God is truth. If I build it on unchanging truth, I won't stumble and fall so much. I won't make so many mistakes. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 20, he that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Happy is he. It all comes down to choice. Whose values are we going to choose to live by? What's going to be my standard by which I make my decisions in life? You say, well, I don't really have to worry about too many decisions. I just kind of go along, kind of go with the flow. No, absolutely not. There's decisions every single day. And when you make those decisions, I don't believe in making decisions just because, well, we can do it. I, I, I don't believe in buying a car just because you can afford it. I think you ought to pray about it. Our house, we didn't buy our house just because we thought it would be a great thing and a great place to live. We prayed about it. I wonder how many Christians just run into something without praying about it and find themselves in a mess. And they're like, oh, Lord, would you please help me out of this? And the Lord's like, okay, all right. Our good God will help you out of it a lot of times. But really, we should have consulted him first. We only have three choices. Here it is. And we'll close. We have to make a decision. First of all, we have an internal source. That's us. We can go to us. There is an external source. That's the world. Our friends. I'm not saying don't get godly counsel. Godly counsel is biblical. It's commanded. Or we can go to an eternal source. And that's where we need to go. We're going to make our decisions in our life. Dad, when you're making the decision for your family. Mom, when you're making the decision for those little ones grandparents, when you're making the decisions that your grandchildren are going to look to you and your friends are going to look at you when you're making decisions, make sure they're godly decisions based upon eternal truth found in the word of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us now as fathers, we, Lord, we live in this world. Help us not to be part of the world, Lord. Help us not to look like the world, to act like the world. Help us to be set apart, to be different, because our standard is different, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd be able to speak to hearts here today. Lord, I love you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.